Chapter 7 Secrets from the Darvel Family Ledger The children's eyes scanned the pages in front of them while Annie manned the torch. Inside the ledger was a collection of entries from the Darvel men who had inherited the farm throughout the years, starting with Lord Archibald and so forth, up to Mr. Darvel, who has yet to make an entry in the ledger, save for his signature on the first page. Since they were all huddled together, reading the entries was difficult, so Robert decided that he should read to the others. He sat down on the bed in front of them and every so often would look up to see them staring in utter amusement, waiting for any clues or indications of further adventures to be had. Nearly half an hour had passed and not a single interesting thing had happened. Robert, however, was enjoying learning about the Darvel history as well as the diamond trade back in the late 19th century. His compatriots, on the other hand, were not. Can't we skip ahead? asked Annie, her eyes drooping. If we go at this rate, we'll be sitting here until morning comes. Her sentiment was shared by the other two. Robert, however, was frowning deeply at the notion of rushing through the book. We must be sure that we read through everything, Robert said sternly. What if we miss something? He was always very thorough, despite of his little sister. But it's taking forever, said Ellie, jerking her knee to wake the fast-sleeping Anton who was resting his head upon it. The boy jumped and confusedly swung his head around, trying to establish where he was and what he was doing. Wait, said Robert excitedly. Here's something. He tapped his finger on the page in front of him and cleared his throat. The other's eyes grew larger as they raised their heads, waiting to hear what Robert had found. This is right after Lord Darvel's wife passed away he said, before taking a deep breath and continuing. It finally happened. The doctors had said that she was near the end, but I refused to believe. There was always something inside me, betraying my logic, telling me that she would make it through. I have lost my heart, my soul. Is this my price to pay, for what I have done? That is so sad, said Ellie, wiping a tear from her cheek. Anton looked at her grumpily. It was easier to be stern and stoic at things like that than to show that he felt sad for the man in the book, who suddenly seemed much more human than he had when he was just a name from long ago. Is there any more? Annie finally asked after Ellie had wiped the tears from her eyes with a handkerchief that Robert had provided. And what is it that he did? Nothing more written by Archibald I, replied Robert, straining his eyes to read in the faint light of the torch provided by Annie. Wait, he said excitedly, here is the inscription that we saw the other day. Robert pressed his nose in the ledger, trying to catch a better glimpse of the mysterious scribbling. He turned the book around and indicated to Annie to shine the torch on the exact spot where he was looking. He held the sketch he had made two nights prior right next to it to compare. Close enough, he said. Now we can finally see what those markings are in each of these squares. The other children looked on as Robert marked each of the nine rectangles with a cross, save for the middle one, top row, which had a slightly different marking, almost like a square turned on its side. What is it? they asked, almost in perfect unison. I have no idea. We may have to look at it in daylight, said Robert, yawning slightly. We will also have to compare it to the map downstairs. I'm almost certain that this inscription will lead to something on that map. It's rather late. Maybe we should get some sleep. Otherwise our parents might get suspicious if we are all tired tomorrow, said Ellie. She was herself battling to stay awake, 
and let out a long yawn. The children congratulated each other on the success of their endeavour and said good night before sneaking off to their respective rooms. Robert wrapped up the old ledger and walked over to his suitcase where he would hide the book. He stopped halfway to the suitcase and stared down at the neatly wrapped linen in his hands. Maybe just a little bit more, he whispered to himself before turning around and flipping the ledger open on the bed. Morning rose over the peaceful farm of Devil's Leap and a rather ambitious cockerel took it upon himself to let everybody else know that it was time to wake up. Butter and Peanut were running around barking at the cockerel, who had perched on top of the old museum's roof. Mrs. Darbell was up already and was busy preparing breakfast when the morning announcements began. It did not take long for the rest of the household, guests included, to begin shuffling about. The first downstairs was Annie, who slept like a log after the previous night's excitement. She slept so well that she didn't even notice Rufus sneaking into her room in the middle of the night. He had taken a liking to the little girl, and she was also quite happy having him sleeping next to her, even though it was quite suspicious the way he could sneak in and out of her room, what with the door being closed and all. Maybe Rufus was the one devil that could outclimb her. Annie was followed soon by her parents, Anton and finally Ellie. In fact, the only two missing were Mr. Darvel and Robert. Mr. Darvel is not feeling all too well said Mrs. Darvel when the children inquired as to his whereabouts. She took a quick roll call of the hungry faces in front of her and noticed that Robert was missing. I'll go and see where he is, said Annie, excitedly rushing up the stairs. She hammered on her brother's bedroom door. No answer. She knocked again before slowly opening the door. There Robert was, hunched over on the bed, knees folded and the ledger clutched in his arms. Robert! exclaimed Annie. His eyes slowly opened, and when he realized that he had fallen asleep with the ledger still in his lap, he jumped. I, I must have fallen asleep, he whispered, rushing towards his suitcase. His hair was a mess, and his eyes were swollen and red. He finally managed to have the book folded in the linen and safely buried at the bottom of the case. Did you read more out of that thing? asked Annie, hoping that he had indeed, which would save her the trouble of doing the same. What did you learn? It is fascinating exclaimed Robert, finally closing the suitcase and placing his shoes neatly on top of it, hoping that the inconspicuous-looking placement would deter anybody from opening the case. What is it? asked Annie, barely able to contain her excitement. She would learn something fascinating and would avoid having to read it herself. Wonderful. Wait, I'll tell you and the others after breakfast, Robert answered, yawning widely. Did you get any sleep? asked Annie, noticing the large black circles under the boy's eyes. I don't know, uh, maybe an hour or two? Robert replied. But that doesn't matter. Wait until you hear what I've found out. The siblings strolled downstairs, looking forward to breakfast. Ellie and Anton were sitting neatly by the time the others had joined the table. Mrs. Darvel had taken breakfast upstairs to Mr. Darvel, and the rest were silently eating away at their meals. What do you kids have planned for the day? asked Father, in a pleasant tone. He was never in such a good mood around the breakfast table and his delightful cheer seemed suspicious to Robert and Annie. They even noticed that he was barefoot and wearing shorts. Annie couldn't remember ever seeing her father wearing shorts before, and wondered where he might have found them with such short notice. Could it be that he had a pair all this time, hidden away somewhere? I think we might do another visit to the pond, said Anton, winking at the other children. If that is alright with you, of course, added Ellie. They could all feel the excitement regarding the ledger and the secrets it contained, and what better place to discuss said secrets 
at the place where they all became friends. It had become their clubhouse, of sorts, and it was most exciting. Oh, I'm sure he won't mind, replied Mother, looking to Father for confirmation. He nodded while gleefully crunching away at a breakfast muffin. Then it settled. You kids have fun. Breakfast was done, and the children had finished getting ready for their outing. They could see the relief on their parents' faces when they said they were going out alone all day. Annie could never quite understand why adults needed so much rest. Nevertheless, they were off for the day, and it was said to be quite the exciting outing. Anton was already waiting for them by the old truck, which was purring away loudly. Sometimes the old girl struggles to start, he said. She was particularly difficult this morning. Anton lovingly patted the metal wheel cover of his beloved truck. He's always loved this old thing, said Ellie, carefully avoiding getting rust on her dress as she slowly climbed up the side of the truck. I'll never understand why, she finally added, after finding a comfortable spot on the craggy leather seat. Are you guys riding in the back? asked Anton, seeing Annie and Robert already clambering up on the side of the truck. Of course, shouted Annie, out of pure excitement. It was fun riding on the back of the truck, especially when they hit a bump or an anthill and the truck would bounce for a second before steadying again. Even Butter and Peanut enjoyed it and jumped up onto the back of the truck with the siblings. Robert smiled at his little sister and made sure that she stood securely as the large vehicle began rumbling to life. Anton held nothing back as he expertly steered the truck over the grazing fields, much to the dismay of his sister, who was quite displeased with him when the truck finally came to a halt. Who taught you how to drive? screamed Ellie, as Anton slammed on the brakes and let the truck skid to a dusty halt. Her hair was standing on all ends like candy floss around her bewildered face. You did, sis, laughed Anton, smiling broadly. Well, I certainly never taught you that, hissed Ellie, before jumping from the truck, relieved to finally again feel the earth below her feet. You must have given Annie and Robert quite a fright. On the contrary, exclaimed Robert as he leapt from the rear of the truck and landed nimbly on the soft grass. Butter and Peanuts followed suit and were quite happy to be back on terra firma. Now, who's up for a swim? he asked as he placed his hands on his hips and stared down the green path leading past the familiar rock face. Today was going to be a good day, he thought to himself. The children had played and swam for nearly two hours before Ellie retrieved the snacks, which her mother had prepared, from the truck. There were sandwiches and biscuits and ginger beer, and Mrs. Darver had also given them some ice lollies, which were kept frozen in the cooler box. Robert was fast asleep, basking in the bright sun, snoring happily. He'll blister if we leave him in the sun for too long, said Annie conjuring up a plan involving rolling the sleeping boy into the cool water. She was just about to put a prank into action when Anton spoke. We should wake him up, said Anton, and stepped over to where Robert was sleeping. There was more motive in this decision than just for Robert's skin's sake. Anton was burning to know what Robert had further discovered in the ledger. He stood over Robert, and the sudden disappearance of the sunlight on Robert's eyes made him slowly wake from his slumber. Was I sleeping? he asked confusedly rubbing his eyes. Quite deeply, laughed Ellie, who handed him a sandwich and a paper cup filled with ginger beer. The children moved their things towards the shady side of the pond and waited in anticipation for Robert to tell them what he had discovered in the ledger. They all sat across from each other and finally Robert began telling them what he had found. I was just about to put the ledger away for the night when curiosity got the better of me, Robert began. I opened the book to the first entry of Lord Archibald's son, Archibald II. It seems that Lord Archibald wasn't exactly the recluse we were led to believe. 
During his last year on the farm, he would every so often send letters to his son. These letters were quite cryptic, however, and Archibald II initially thought that his father had lost his mind after the immense trauma he had suffered, blaming it on the curse of the diamond, as the Logos was so keen on saying. But after a while, he began to make sense of the letters sent to him. Did he mention any of the contents containing these letters? asked Ellie. Unfortunately not, but he did mention that he received one every other month. Lord Archibald would somehow sneak them into his room in an envelope, and when he woke up in the morning, he would see the envelope neatly placed on his bedside table, replied Robert. That would make six letters then, said Anton. I wonder what happened to them. Wait! exclaimed Annie, jumping up excitedly. The others faced her with amused expressions. Don't you remember? Last night, when your father went into the library, he was reading something that was in an old envelope. My goodness, do you think those may be the actual letters that Lord Archibald wrote to his son? asked Robert excitedly. They all began twitching around at the thought of discovering such a thing right under their noses. The letters, combined with the inscription in the ledger, it had to mean something. We have to see what's in that envelope, added Anton, also on his feet. There's one more thing, Robert added. Archibald II mentioned in the ledger that he did not believe that his father would have taken the Renaissance diamond with him when he left, but that he hid it, somewhere on the farm, and that there was a secret message left by Lord Darville which would lead to the diamond.